All right. Hello. What's going on? Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. What's up today? Super special guest. First time on the podcast, Lindsay Webster. You know her. We talk about a whole bunch of stuff. We talk about her most recent races, her current fitness level, some of the things she's been doing in training that she's found has helped improve her fitness. Some really cool takeaways there. We talk about some of the changes that Spartan has announced just recently. The news broke yesterday on the 27th. We took, we're talking right now to you on the 28th about the format changes and how that affects just Lindsay has a really good perspective on this whole thing. She's been in the sport for a long time, so she's been able to, to kind of see it uh, from a zoomed out perspective. So it's great to hear from that. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, the championship mentality that she has and how she's been able to uh, have some of this progressive success over the years. So awesome conversation. was so excited to have her on. So I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Lindsay Webster. All right, we are on. Hi. So we, we were just talking a little bit off air about kind of like adjusting schedules. And I figured this would be a cool place to start because you had mentioned yeah. uh, needing to kind of prioritize things a little bit. Um, so mm-hmm. how's it going when picking up a job and still trying to train at a high level? Yeah, I feel like most people don't know that yet because I just started this job. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I picked up a part time job Um which is great. I'm really enjoying it. It's marketing, which is what I used to do before I was a full-time athlete. But um, yeah, just like I'm finding I can still do most of the stuff I used to do, but it it really comes down to like structuring my day really well. Like every kind of hour is like planned out, which um, because I still have to do, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that sponsors request. Um, So right now, like tonight, after I finish working, I have to film a video for one sponsor and get that over to them. And then another Mm. sponsor wants like a blog, which involves a lot of photos that I have to edit through and stuff and write the blog. So like I have to do that. Um, So a lot of people don't realize they're just like, Oh, when you're a pro athlete, you just train, but like there's a whole other component to it. too. It's, it's not like you're uh, a WNBA player that you just sign a contract and you play and you get paid. It's a lot of just like piecing. It seems like it's a lot of piecing things together. It is. And it's good. It's, it's fun, but, um, yeah, like there is every day I do like probably a couple hours of just like computer work or social media related stuff. Cause social media is such a big part of it too, in this day and age. And like, um, I, know. I enjoy you- it all, but, um, yeah, but it's, it's an adjustment for sure with like a part-time job as well. Now too, it's a lot of computer you- time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I-, I worry about the computer time just with like my eyesight. My eyesight seems to be getting worse, just like seeing further away because I'm always like right in front of my face. Oh, no way. I so. was literally thinking about that today because I was like, how is this going to go? I don't know. I mean, I'm still not working an eight hour day like a lot of people are. So. A, a friend of mine uh, has like an eye chart hanging in her apartment so she can like work on strengthening her eyes in between it because we are so oh. working remote and close. I'm not exactly sure if yeah. it works, but can't hurt. Yeah, no, totally. That's actually an interesting idea. Y'all get an eye chart. Get an eye chart and see how it goes. Um, So I wanted to start with just this past race in Blue Mountain. Uh, I think we can, you know, yesterday was when we found out a whole bunch of news. So we could talk about that later, if at all. I mean, that's just, I know you, you talked with Matt, right? Yeah, we talked with Matt last night. That was like super impromptu. We just jumped on with him. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like it is the hot topic, I guess, if you want to talk about it. But um, we can talk about it a little later because I'm sure you're thinking about it a lot. But uh, (laughs) I wonder if people will be sick of hearing about it too. But (laughs) I mean, yeah, let's we'll end up going there if we just keep it rolling. But uh, so with this past race, it seemed like like this type of course in, in Blue Mountain seems like it'd be something that'd be a little bit more up your alley in, in terms of uh, like what you would prefer and just based on where you live and what you, where you like to train. But to me, this seems like a, re- like a really impressive uh, display of fitness on this. Cause in the past couple races, pretty much all season, like Emma has been there in terms of like fitness mm-hmm. pieces. She seems to be hanging around as much or uh, and then something, something might happen later in a race where you might separate um, but mm-hmm. in this race, it seemed like you just were able to kind of get away uh, and just kind of like outlast her on like fitness alone. Um, are are yeah, you feeling pretty well, fit right now? I'm feeling pretty fit. I had a good day. Um, I know it's a good day because Ryan and I always do this thing where like 
we'll compare our times. And if I'm with him like 12 to 15% of him, then I know it was like a really good day. And this <laughs> one was, I think it was like just under 12, which is, that's like a, a new, <laughs> that's that a, a PR? really good one. A, a PR yeah. percentage? I don't know if it was, yeah. I don't know if it's a total PR, but, but it was definitely a good day. And then also like Emma's been injured. So she's, she said herself like, Oh, I'm, I'm like falling out of shape. And um, so I think that, that it was like, I had a good day and she had a bad day. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Cause it seemed like there wasn't anything you necessarily had to do to drop her. Like where you didn't mm-hmm. have to necessarily make like a big move or anything. So, so that makes sense that you had a good day. And, and cause I think Emma generally is pretty low in volume. I think she can get. Yeah. yeah she was training for a 50 K. Mm. Um, and she ended up having something kind of flare up during that training. And then she ended up having to drop out of the 50 K, which is super bummer, but she's, it was like a smart choice, um, on her end. And then she's just been trying to kind of mitigate it since, but she, I guess like during this race, um, so she, she hasn't been training much. And then during the race, she felt the injury start to flare up again. And, mm. um, and then I think, cause she said she was like out of shape. She just, I think it just like started hurting probably a bit more towards the end of the race, like effort wise. Um, mm-hmm. And then that combined with like the injury f- uh, flaring up and she was just like, Oh, I'm just going to, so she slowed it down. Right. As I kind of like dialed it up. So, and I, fa- I found that more. like, if, yeah. if there's some sort of like lingering injury that's just kind of like on my mind and my own personal racing that like, it just is stressful. It takes energy away. Even if it, it might does. not necessarily hurt, it yeah. feels like it takes fitness away from you. It's, um, yeah, like it's hard to perform at your best, even if you know you can when it's like in the back of your mind like that. Mm. And you're like, I have never really had a big injury before, but I did have a stress fracture one year. And even though I was like cleared by my physio and doctor to race, it still was like I couldn't run as fast on the downhills because it was lurking there in the back of my mind and just like making me cautious. So, and even yeah. if it's like, I, I, I know this might, this probably won't get much worse, but the pain is still there to slow you down. Like the pain is in yeah. your brain to make you not do a thing. Exactly. Yeah. And then you probably have clients who, cause you said you're a coach. So you probably have clients who kind of like, you have to help <laughs> through this kind of stuff. And yeah. The injury parts, you know, it's easier to, to just lean on the side of caution, but you can't always, like you said, like mm-hmm. you had a, you had a stress fracture. That was like right before the world championships. Right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, obviously I want, I still wanted to do that. Yeah, race, you had but... to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, like you said, you can't always, yeah. Sometimes you just train through it, but I was like biking mostly Stairmaster didn't seem to <laughs> aggravate it. So I did a lot of gym sessions and yeah, you do what you can, but yeah. So curious on the percentage piece was, was this, uh, with Ryan, was this the closest you were all year? Has it gotten closer and closer? Like, do you feel like your fitness is ascending right now or are you just kind of maintaining things? Um, I think right now I'm just like maintaining things. I think I like was feeling really good in and around July, which I didn't do much Spartan racing around then. Cause I was in Europe doing sky running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've sort of like maintained it since then. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always hard to gauge. Like I have a couple like test things that I do in training, um, that are always like a good gauge of where your fitness is at. So like, I don't know, one of them that people do is like 15. So you do it on the treadmill and you put your treadmill at 15% and you run for, and is it 15 minutes and you see how far minutes. you can get. Yeah. Brutal test. Um, terrible test. Yeah. Brutal test. Yeah. <laughs> so I should do, I should repeat that one and just like see how my numbers compared to where they used to be but I do think that I am like running better this year than I ever have because I've put a big focus on it and I've I've learned a lot this year like it's funny you think it's just running but there's so many little technical things that I've been like just on like um leaning forward even on the uphills and like really swinging my arms and um yeah all sorts of things and then like new little things that I've incorporated into training that have helped a lot too so yeah, because yeah, uh, I'm sure when it gets to a certain point, right, the smaller, like you, the big swings that you take are probably not going to uh, pay off the way that they might for someone who's just starting out, whose fitness might be at a, a lower level, like, you know, a bump in volume, for instance. Yeah. Who's just like, there's only so much you can go. So it ends up being those little things that you kind of have to turn a little exactly. bit tighter to get like 
marginal amounts of yeah we always say we're like fighting for one percent here and there which <laughs> that's great right if you can if yeah. you can come away with that for sure does um yeah. was would you do you account that because you are kind of moving into more like the sky racing or where do, where did you pick up some of these new things like how do how do you continue to kind of learn about what you need to do um, to improve well, I'll give John Albin a shout out because I did, he let me try his app this year. He has a training app. Mm -hmm. um, so I did try that for like a little while and I listened to a few of his podcasts and stuff that he's done. And I like picked up a few running specific workouts through there. So he trains with Killian Jornet, who's like hmm. wild, widely known as probably like the world's best trail runner. Um so yeah, they had a couple workouts that they suggested. So like one of them is it's this interesting like uphill kind of plyometrics workout where you basically like run up a hill, not super hard. It ends up, they say to go easy. For me, it ends up being around like a tempo pace. Like my heart rate still gets up to 160 or so, but you basically do like bounding. So you're doing a combination of like really short, fast strides, um, like really kind of like big ones where you're like pausing at the top. So you're like jumping and then you pause mm -hmm. and then you jump with the other leg and you pause. Um, and like, I try and do stuff where I like push off my knees and I try and do like really short, short, fast, like high turnover. And then I'll do like really big strides where it's like really more strength based. Um, and I find there's a lot of back strength involved in that. So they, they were saying that like, this is like a really, kind of high return um i guess like workout that you can incorporate into your training and it only takes like 30 minutes or so so when i have uh like an easier day or a lot of times like i'll substitute a strength session for this because i don't really like being in the gym i like to be outside so right. it's great because it gives me an excuse to like do my strength on a mountain <laughs> yeah That's, that kind of sounds like what the idea is then right like kind of working at the highest amount of power that you can. Um, and you can only do it for so long, I imagine. Did it's not really the highest amount of power because like that would end up being a VO2 max workout. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm more like muscular endurance. Why I'm like, muscularly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite fun. It's a, uh, it's been interesting to like learn from other trail runners. Um, and like, yeah, I feel like I'll, I know a lot about, training and stuff and uh obviously like my husband also has a coaching business so i kind of right. felt bad about going to john and being like sorry ryan you gotta <laughs> but, get all the um, all the information all the knowledge just helping bring everything up right yeah <laughs> but i mean john's also widely known as like one of the world's best trail runners so it's like why wouldn't i kind of learn what i can from the best out there and uh yeah and they've they've taught me a little bit yeah, trail running and mountain running, it's it's a it's a harder puzzle for me to kind of think about. I'm not very well versed in it. Uh, I haven't spent a ton of time trying to perform really well there. But because mm -hmm. my my background is mostly like uh, on the roads and track, it's very easy to kind of be like put yourself in this this pace for this long. Next one, do a little bit more or, or whatever, right? And it's very yeah. quantifiable. But the workout that you just kind of mentioned, it doesn't like the metrics involved in it are much more loose. So I have a harder time grasping, like for me yeah. to, to trust that a workout like that, like a, like the bounding at like, you know, a, a tempo -ish a pace. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, how, how do you know that it, that it's working? How do you know that it's, that yeah. it's like, that you get it, that it's worth the time. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I, I guess I can like feel the return in power when I'm, especially like when I'm running hard um, during a race and for like a long period of time, like I just feel like I can output more power than I used to be able to. But yeah, again, like I have no specific metrics for you there. That could be due to any number of things that I've changed or incorporated in training or just like running more this year. Um, so, yeah, it seems yeah. like it is more, qualitative right like how you're feeling and and yeah that, that that's kind of how that's kind of it's something how spartan races are right like you can't necessarily go off of hard metrics or how you're or or like your pace or even necessarily your heart rate it's a matter of just like where you are how you're feeling so i guess training that way makes yeah. sense 
it's just it for like these really long sky running races it ends up being kind of like how you run in your race so i remember the first year first race of the year that i did in france um i was racing with my friend iris and she we were like we ran the whole uphill together and then towards the top it was just like she turned it up a notch and she was like power hiking but at this super high turnover speed that i was like how is she even moving that fast while power hiking and I had never like tried it or focused on it so I was like I'm going to try and incorporate this into my training and that's when I started doing research and talking to John and like got this workout and I was like you're right like these are things you do when you're racing you switch between Mm. like really short fast stride to like um to like pushing off your legs and power hiking but that even that speed varies like depending on how steep the hill is and the kind of terrain you're on like sometimes it's these like really big strides um and sometimes it's like these super short fast ones um so anyway Mm -hmm. I started incorporating that into my training and it does I guess maybe just because I'd never like focused on that before I'd always just kind of like gone one pace and (laughs) even when power hiking it was always sort of this medium speed so like practicing that short speed and that fast speed and then being able to incorporate it into my racing and feeling comfortable doing that was like definitely a new kind of thing for me that I found helpful all throughout the year and it makes sense right it seems like it's more of like a practical approach like just looking at the demands Mm -hmm. of the race and be like okay like yeah how do I get better at power hiking fast it's like well let's just practice higher turnover yeah it's yeah i mean they're it's strange races too because they're like so long um that they're odd distances right they're not always it's not yeah. just like 25k 50k they're just like mm-hmm. what however long it takes to get through the course is what it what it is right yeah yeah they're typically i found that they're i mean a short one would be like three hours they're typically around five and then like john considers the ones that are five hours to be short so it's funny how it like (laughs) i used to think a spartan beast is so long and then now my like i just had the way i see it is so skewed this year because i'm like oh a beast it's such a short race (laughs) like sweet it should be over in no time yeah exactly (laughs) has that perception helped you think um yeah i guess so i mean it's interesting. Like there have, there have been races where I'm like, Oh, that's, there was one race this year where I was like, that's so short. And then I think I like started too hard because of that. And then it's still <laughs> three hours, it just, you still have yeah. to pace yourself. It's still a long race. And then I just like ended up kind of crashing and burning a little bit towards the end of the race. But yeah. Lesson so, learned. Um, yeah. <laughs> lesson learned. Yeah. But um, yeah. So maybe I can ask you then, since you're like, you know, more of a road specific you do like a lot of road specific training. Um, and I feel like a lot of people might be interested in this, but do you have any advice for those of us who are trying to train for Abu Dhabi, which is going to be a flat 10 K on, I think pretty hard packed terrain for the most part. Is that what it's looking like? That's what it's looking like. I think there's going to be like a couple climbs in there that'll be on dunes, but we've heard that for the most part, it's going to be like quite flat and fast which is not my forte so <laughs> but no, i don't yeah, know so I, not, I feel like everybody not like, might not like last year right uh yeah not like last year was kind of brutal um yeah. i mean in terms of like the flat faster stuff you fared pretty well it's not like yeah anyone's blowing your doors off in, in that type of distance because i think most people are in the same boat right like to to do well in the races like uh Kelowna or uh blue mountain for even like you kind of have to get out there and just grind so it's probably mm-hmm. going to come down to a lot of like just like everyone's probably in the same boat it's going to need to kind of downshift a little bit you did well in the ocr stars uh three mile last year uh oh thank you yeah that was fun i hadn't run i was interested to see like what kind of time I could hit because I hadn't run like a 5k PB in a very long time. Was that, um, was that your, I went all out for that. Yeah. Was that your personal best? I forget what my time was, but yeah, I think it was not by a whole lot. I think it was like 1730 ish, which I think my previous PB was 1750. And Hunter had to Americanize it, right? Like it wasn't a 5k. It was a three. Yeah. <laughs> three months. So, like, I mean, it is a bit, t- I remember like, so it's, it's actually a little short of a 5k by like 
I forget if it's like one or 200 meters. And I was so smashed. Yeah, 200. End, but I was like, yeah. So, and I like, was like, oh, I should go for like a 5k. And then I didn't, I just like, I don't think I did. I think I just stopped. No. <laughs> so, so I guess it wasn't really like a 5k. PT. I have it was actually nice. I was like that last like 200 meters. You can let it go a little bit earlier. Like the, like you don't think yeah. last 200 in a 5k is going to matter, but it was nice to just be three miles. Meters, yeah, exactly. 200 meters is when you're like that cracked. It's yeah. <laughs> Make it so, it's, it's a big difference. <laughs> So I'm sure, um, and we could talk more about the, the, the speed side of things, but generally you're probably going to be fine, right? Like just turning right. it up a little bit. And I'm not, um, yeah, I'm definitely not like the fastest flat runner in the pack, but I mean, it's like, we're all going to be putting in probably some specific training for that. So I don't know if there's like a workout that you do that is like a good bang for your buck in terms of like. I I really like threshold training. I think especially mm-hmm. for that time domain. Like what do you think that's what do you think it's going to be over sand for I think it'll be an hour with the obstacles in there and stuff like for the women. Yeah, so like even like your threshold effort should be a pace you can hold for about an hour. So like the mm-hmm. perceived exertion that you're going to be putting out there, so it would be yeah, something you could hold for for what like 15k or something like that mm-hmm. and just with with short short rest in between. So 5 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes and I usually like every five minutes or so is a minute of rest. So if it's like six okay. by five minutes, one minute mm-hmm. rest in between and just kind of sitting at that aerobic threshold pace. Nice. I, think that's I love I would go. that length of intervals. So at like, so I guess it'd be like 90%. Probably. I, yeah. do you go, okay. do you go, ba- do you go off heart rate? Is that generally how you kind of know what you're, do you, or are you more RPE that way? Are you like, okay, this feels um, like 90, 95 feels like, 10 K ish or something like that. I usually go off heart rate, I guess, but I don't know, like more so feeling, I guess, because it can change day to day or like where I live, there's nothing flat. So it's like gonna change based on, yeah, just the terrain I'm on. If I'm like on a slight uphill or I try and find the flattest roads that I can, but yeah, (laughs) so it's more like a perceived exertion. Right. You could even do that on a treadmill, right? Like something that you think you could hold for, an hour just doing five minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, that'll be interesting. Uh, that'll be interesting. What do you think about the super distance for a championship? Is that like, it is what it is or do you wish yeah. it was longer? I wish it was longer. Like also it is what it is. I'm pretty annoyed about having to fly around the world for a 10 K <laughs> like, it's just, it's always been a beast too. So I'm just like, I was so perplexed when all of a sudden this year, they were just like, yeah, we're going to change this to a 10 K. And the weird part is that like, there is a beast happening that weekend. I was like, cause I know they changed the venue. So I thought maybe they just couldn't, they didn't have the terrain to be able to host a whole beast course there, but they do because they're having a beast. So they're just choosing, do you think it was choosing to last year? Uh, one of the concerns that came to my mind during the, the beast race and the women's race in particular is that they had it later in the day, just cause the heat, I was like, people mm-hmm. might get lost out in the desert cause it's going to get dark. <laughs> so maybe mm-hmm. it was just a matter of how long they wanted the race to be or something. Yeah, that's true. It was like, I really enjoyed finishing in the dark though. And like running over the, it looked pretty cool. Sand was setting and it really made it worth it to like fly that far around the world to like have this incredible experience. And I just don't know if we're going to like, it's not every day you get to like run through sand dunes while the sun is setting. And, yeah. uh, and I just don't think we're going to get that this year. So, but I it mean, we'll be done our race so I can sit there and watch the sunset when I'm tired. That'll yeah. Be nice. Run, run back up the dunes. Maybe, <laughs> I'll do a really long cool down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe going 10 K was their way of letting you guys know that next year it'll be a three K. Maybe that's yeah, what they maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I know they've been planning the 3K thing in the works for a little while. Like when we did Spartan Games two years ago, we started hearing about how mm-hmm. this might be like the future of I guess the national series and stuff. So um so I was probably a little less shocked to hear it than some other people. I'm still not happy about it. But, yeah, it's just a matter of getting rid of the other side of it was just kind of drastic is what it seemed like. Yeah, so I actually haven't done my research on this, but I assume that like for open racers, they're still going to have the option to go race like the normal distances, like 
the the three K is just going to be elite. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. not even open or age group for the three K format. The spectator friendly. Um, what's it called? Like people who are into the spectator friendly <laughs> yeah. style, of course, will be. They're getting their wish, I guess. They're so. they're pounding their chest. They're pumped about it. Yeah. But I mean, the I'm sport like, did need a change, but it's. I don't know. It's a bummer. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, just it, it seemed out. Of, it wasn't out of the blue, and I think that that's what they're saying. They're like, "Oh well, like we've been talking about this a little bit," but then mm-hmm. it was just on October twenty seventh. Let's just tell everybody that everything's going to be different from here on out. It wasn't like a yeah. a phasing or transition, which would have been nice for the athletes participating in it. But from their perspective, there was probably just easier. It's like we're just going to turn on the switch, and like everyone's going to have to deal with it, which is yeah, kind of how they roll. I would love to have seen like still some kind of a series with the races as we know them to be as also exist. Like they used to do the mountain series. Right. And then, yeah, like I would love to see that, but obviously they're like not made of money and they're trying to recoup their costs after COVID. So I get why they're not, but um, I also think it would have been cool to have a mix and match like a few of them. Like let's test out a few of these three K races and then also still have, some longer ones and stuff or make it part of the series right like have it just be two of the races are this 3k format and then there's two beasts and a super or something you know yeah so i'm on like um the the golden trail series solomon's race series does this um they're like final is a stage race so it's like four days mm-hmm. long and i would love did to you go did part. you go to the one in the um or was in it the uh, azores yeah azores. and that was it was like it was like the week after Spartan games in 2020 and I was so tired and I like, I was so bummed because I've always wanted to like run a Solomon athlete and against some of these athletes like from all over the globe, but I just like performed horribly <laughs> all four days. So, um, so that might be like a bucket list thing for me next year to go and do a golden trail race, but we'll see how it plays out. Is it right but, now? Um, is it, are they doing that right now? Yeah. It's literally, this is day three. Cause Bailey's so. over there, I believe. Yeah. Right? Bailey's, crushed it yesterday that's awesome day too so yeah i'm stoked for her how do you guys um, measure up on on trail you versus bailey uh it's it's hard to say like she i mean the only time i've ever actually raced her was in the azores when i was like performing again horribly and then this year we were in austria together but she didn't she did like the vk which i didn't do um, I did the sky race, but she didn't do the sky race because she was hmm. like just starting her season at the time. And I think at that time I was like running faster than her. But again, she was like, I was in shape and she wasn't in shape. So we've never like actually probably had a race on an even playing field. I think she's probably a bit faster than me. <laughs> sounds <laughs> sounds like you're comparable. Well, she has a pretty high end uh, track background. Yes. But you probably are a little bit more experienced in the trails. I'd imagine you guys are pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. And like. I think it would depend on the terrain and who has a good day. And like, yeah, I feel like we'd be, yeah, I think she'd be a bit faster. But if it was like a course that suited me, then I think mm-hmm. I could maybe beat her. <laughs> so I don't know. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Spartan Race, I would love to see their final be like some kind of stage race where they do. I don't know, like a 3K one day and the next day a 10K and then like maybe a beast race, kind of like trifecta style oh, or trifecta, like an right. even longer one. Like if they did like a 50K or something one day and like bring a Tough Mudder type format into the like long course format into the mix, that would be really <laughs> cool too. So yeah, I don't know. And I mean, they were touting this triple crown thing. That was one of the, I think, part of their announcement. There's a hundred meter and then yeah. with the 3K and then the, the world's toughest, there's like a triple crown to scenario. So so 100K, 3K, and world's toughest, which is uh, Yeah, 100, 100 <laughs> meter. Yeah. Can we get something that's in the middle there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what you're saying. It's like there's no way uh, someone who is going to win a 100 meter obstacle course is going to run a 24-hour race. Like he's just not. Yeah. Like a well, ninja I think warrior. It has a lot to do with uh, – like the whole world obstacle involvement because I mean, they, they're like teamed up with Ninja warrior. So obviously they want like the hundred meter format and then yeah. um, Spartan wants the three K format. And then I think because world's toughest mudder is on the board too, which now is, I guess, Spartan race, but like 
that's probably why they're doing a hundred or sorry, the 24 hour. I don't know. Just synergy, just business <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Business it's just, stuff. I don't know. It sucks. Like, cause I know all sports have so much sports politics that happen behind the scene, but like, it's just a bummer because it's, I mean, we're starting to see it in our sport, which maybe is like progress for the sport in a weird backwards way, but it's also like, a bummer to see it start happening as well. I would have really enjoyed to see the businesses stay separate from, from like a world obstacle. It's an, it's just like unfortunate timing and it's like painful, like where we are in the sport, because like if, if this does end up being a positive long-term for the sport, this will probably just be like Mm -hmm. a blip in history, you know, like if this, yeah, 50 years from now, this will be something that might not even feel like there was much consequence or right now it feels like rough and it is rough because it's everything shifted. So, so subtly. I just hope, I think like what people wanted to see the most besides like involvement in the Olympics from world obstacle was um, like, what do you call it? Like regulated penalties. Sorry, my brain is just not working today, but um, Uh, standardization standardization thank you yeah and i feel like now it's just gonna kind of become like spartan's version of penalties and standardization versus it becoming something that like the athletes wanted to see and that was like voted on by the masses um which i guess that's like part of the main thing that i'm i'm bummed about with all this because yeah, I just like I want to. I want world obstacles. To, I want to see them like do their own thing and fix the issues in the sport. I just I don't want to see it just become Spartan, which I realize like Spartan holds a lot of cards, cards, and has like developed the sport as we know it. And they're really like they've done a lot for the sport, and they're definitely the main player. But there's obviously issues there too, and um, I think World Obstacle had like a chance to develop their own thing and fix these issues, and instead they're just like. <laughs> kind of not handing it to Spartan, but maybe Spartan stealing it from them or the two of them are just going to butt heads until who knows. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure I'd imagine they were looking at it from the side. It's like, well, you guys kind of know more of the operational side of things than us. So you take, you take the reins and mm-hmm. not, and you do what you do. You've got it to this point, which is, which is a bummer <laughs> to have it, yeah. have it play out that way. Um, well, hopefully, like you said, we'll see good things come from it in the long run, but. Yeah, it's just gonna be—it's gonna be painful. painful. Yeah, I don't know. None of us have a looking glass. We can't really see the future, but we'll <laughs> keep our fingers crossed. What do you think? As because the sport's so so young, right? Like, when did you start? Like, when was your first? Like twenty eight, nine years ago. Twenty fourteen would have been like my first real year racing. Yeah, yeah. so like eight years or so, right? And and it seems like mm-hmm. in terms of. Uh, evolution of athletes like you are kind of came up in in your prime and still kind of in your prime like there hasn't really been too much evolution in terms of like athletes seeing their way from the beginning to the end of their careers yet hmm. you know yeah like even someone um like when you first started to ascend someone like Susanna, she was kind of at that back end of her prime and just kind of right. found ocr right and now now we're starting to see people like we'll say like a Chris or uh Rylan Hawk who are going to be start yeah. their careers and kind of see themselves, see their way all the way through it. Yeah. But then there's going to be athletes like you and Ryan and like, you know, Bracken and Kirk and people who kind of found their way through it as it came through. And then the mm-hmm. involvement of athletes who are kind of around our age, like, what do you think we could do to help with this? I mean, it seems like you and Ryan have tried to uh, work in tandem with these organizations. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do, yeah. right? How much help they want. Yeah. Ryan does a lot of calls the Spartan race. I don't think people realize like how many of Spartan's implementations in the past have been his ideas or like how many calls that he's had with them trying to kind of steer the sport in a good direction. And then for me, I like I was on the world obstacle board for like a while trying to steer that in the right direction. It ended kind of poorly but (laughs) it wasn't successful um but you're you're trying yeah yeah i think so i mean obviously you with this podcast like this is i feel like podcasting's media is a huge part of it to get in terms of getting voices heard um i don't know i think everybody obviously has 
their strengths and we can put those strengths into play in terms of like getting all the voices heard in many different ways, which will hopefully shape the future of the sport and help make a difference. Um, Cause that's, that's what I'm hoping is that the people who are actually involved and have passion for it and know what it can do for just like from, from a person's like lifestyle and just their values from a bigger picture and then mm-hmm. help shape the overarching part where we, we've kind of gotten lost in like the business side of things and just kind of gotten churned out. So I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but you know, even like an OCR stars that Hunter put on, right? Like mm-hmm. that's something that is an example of, of being like, okay, we'll put on our own events. Yeah. So, and that's like a huge strength of his, like he has the charisma he just does stuff and energy to like pull yeah. off something like that. I could not. Um, yeah. I mean, and Ryan obviously is like well-spoken. So he has his calls with Spartan race and puts his, and he's like great at coming up with ideas. So he, you know, voices those. And then, and then you have the podcast and like, I don't know. I feel like everybody has these different strengths and like as ways come along that we can kind of make our contribution, then we'll all do that in different, different ways. And we just kind of like have to, I guess find the energy and um, yeah. passion to do those things. So yeah, make time for yeah. it. Yeah, the energy. It's yeah, hard tra- <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when you train so much. There's only so much. Energy. Yeah, well, and then you for like coaching and stuff. Like you probably yeah, working, spend yeah. a fair amount of time on the computer and calls and stuff all day, and then like to still find time for you to like record and edit podcasts. It's, yeah, it's like passion project. There's, I know. So like, and then my issues, I'll say yes to things until I completely collapse and I don't know I'm going (laughs) to collapse. And then it's just like on the ground. So like, how is that going (laughs) to, how's that going to help? Like when, when there needs to be a bigger issue, like how are we going to push the sport forward? You know, like these are the media stuff. And like, I think that, that, uh, you know, that like race, man, like Kirk and Bracken, what they're doing and things like that. Like it's, it is important, but like to a Mm -hmm. point, how is it going to like materialize in, in the world for the athletes? You know, it's, hmm. it's, hard, it's hard for me to think about, like, as I don't even, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I feel lucky that I came into the sport at like such a big time. I want to say it's peak. I hope that it wasn't the peak of the sport. <laughs> I would, I would love to see people like Chris and Ryland and the Hawk just like make their future livings off of OCR for, you know, eight years, like I've done. Um, and I hope that can still continue to exist. So like, as much as I hate the new three K format, I do feel like, like we, they, there needed to be a change because start, things are starting to feel pretty stagnant. And I feel like from a business perspective, it was probably a good move. And I just hope that, yeah, like it, the future of the sport continues on like a positive upwards trajectory. I think, I mean, there's been so much interest now in high rocks and DecaFit and like these, kind of like shorter style events. So I wonder too, if Spartans trying to replicate that a little bit and they're like seeing all these athletes who are taking interest in like things like that. And they're like, okay, well let's try to steal a bit of that show and bring it back to us instead of having all our athletes leaving to go do high rocks. <laughs> right. And I think where, where high rocks and, and DECA have an advantage is just that there's a certain type of person who wants to see like linear progression. Right. And it's like, they're okay mm-hmm. doing the same things over and over to see like their efforts Where in Spartan yeah. where it's basically uh, your place basically dictates how well you've done. Right. Just cause everything kind of yeah. changes the weather, the course. So it's hard to really nail down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd imagine this three K is, would be better for that. Like see, being able to see how measurable your times are but also it's going to be easier to watch. Yeah, yeah wow. definitely easier to watch, easier for them to film and to create media out of, which is, I think like the sports all out of upwards trajectory when they were airing things on, uh, what was it? MTV, CNN? What was uh, it? NBC, I think. NBC, sorry. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we have different Canadian <laughs> channels. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, um, CSN. But yeah, oh, Um so I don't know. I would love to see something like that continue. I know it was like hugely expensive for them, but I think from a media perspective, it will make it a lot easier for them to do things like that and uh, have a media budget. That's not going to like, I can only imagine how much it costs them to have NBC come and film the beast race yeah. and edit through all that content. So it's um, very well produced. Yeah. Not cheap. Yeah. For sure. 
We did try to talk Spartan into having like set, I guess, courses throughout the year that were, um, I guess, like historic courses like Palmerton or like um, the race in Greece or something where it would be the, so basically it would be the same exact course every single year, like the same obstacles, the same place. And like, so people could compare their times Mm -hmm. um, and just like, I feel like that would bring a, a lot of people back because people do want to see that progression and there is no way to measure it in Spartan racing. And like, that's why people return to the Boston marathon every year and like try and right. qualify. And exactly, um, it would be interesting to like implement something like that in Spartan race. They didn't, Steve Hammond was all for it, but Spartan didn't really like to jump on that <laughs> idea too much. It seems so simple. I like it. Like it just seems yeah. like a, why not type of. Line. And it doesn't have to be every race. I think they were like, Spartan was kind of like, oh, that's not what Spartan racing is all about. But I mean, neither is a 3K. Neither is 3K. Um, no. But, and it didn't, it, it's not like it has to be every race. It's just like a few select historic courses that people know and love. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some, uh, a little bit more about this previous year. Um, and in particular at OCR stars in, oh, not OCR stars, some OCR world championships. Uh, like I know Jack is giving you the stats, right? You've won X amount of Spartan races in a row. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now it's like a niggle in the back of my brain because, uh, cause I like kind of want to try and break that record, but it's going to have to be at um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Or it's you could gonna, do like I, Indiana you know, or something. Which, I know. I was like, Oh, I could, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like, I I would like to do it at Abu Dhabi though. If, and if it comes together, great. But if, if not, like I'm totally happy with just like that spree ending and sharing that title with Hobie. Like Hobie also is epic. There's no reason that I need to like, you know, take, take that. So, I mean, if it happens, great. It happens, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to sure No. And it's like, it's made up by Jack. It is real, but like Jack is the one who no one would know about it yeah. if it wasn't for Jack for sure. Yeah. But uh <laughs> um but at the 3K, that was the first time we I think we've seen you not be the first one to cross the finish line first since you had your your foot injury. Um Yeah, so. I would have been, but I screwed it all up. So <laughs> That, but that's like the the nature of the OCR World Championship. So, like, what, exactly. what was that like? Because that was like the first time for you in a long time that you've been healthy and, and able and got beat. Like, did that did that feel different for you, or was it just simple as like, hey, this little foot obstacle, I goofed it up yeah, nine like out of ten first, times. I'm winning this race. The first time I like messed up the obstacle and had to retry it it was just like oh I goofed it up and then the second time I failed it I started like getting all stressed and stuff and then the third time I failed it I got really stressed and it just it's funny like it brought back all these feelings from like my first racing years in Battle Frog where it was mandatory obstacle completion and you would like I'd be maybe winning a race and then like you just never knew what was gonna hit you you could end up like you could be like 10 minutes ahead and then just get stuck somewhere for like two hours at an obstacle and just never finish <laughs> like you would DNF. And uh, I think I learned a lot from those days of racing just about like how to handle myself in those situations. So it was like, but I haven't practiced it in so long. So when mm-hmm. that happened um, during the three K I was, I just like, I don't know, it brought back all those kind of memories and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I should have known better. Um, a little bit different because like, I think in a three K you just don't have that time and it is such like a stressful short kind of, um, race scenario, but, um, yeah, but I mean, it was no less stressful in like a battle frog race when all of a sudden I was just watching competition, like past me (laughs) one person after the next. So, uh, I would say more than anything, it just like, it kind of brought back a lot of old memories and it helped the next day too, just to be like, okay. I've experienced all of this before. Like it's scary every year going into OCRWC where it is the only race now that's like mandatory obstacle completion and then Mm -hmm. being able to just like reflect on experience and be like, yes, for many years of my career, like this was the average race weekend. It was always the scenario where you had to like finish all the obstacles and sometimes like shit hits the fan, but you just kind of 
like roll with the punches. Just gonna throw all the expressions out there. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so uh, so after the race, it wasn't necessarily like, oh man, like maybe I'm like, it was just a mistake. It wasn't necessarily like, uh, like a shake to your confidence or anything. No, um, no, I don't think so. It was just like. I kind of just rolled my eyes at myself and was like, I should have known better. And for sure it was frustrating. Um, but I think also, and this is going to sound really weird, but like, it's, it is kind of nice to like see that torch pass to somebody else. And I think um, a lot of like the race community wants to see some new blood, I guess, win these races and like hold the world championships title. Like it's, it's always, mm. I feel like people are like, Oh, it's always Lindsay. Like, can we see somebody else do this? <laughs> and I, I do feel like it's like good for the sport in a weird way to see like somebody like Chris um, come in and like do so well. And she's like, you know, the younger next kind of race generation. So, yeah. Uh, I think that it's probably more a byproduct of how you win than rather that it's just that you are the one winning. Like, I don't think people are, are uh, getting fatigued at you winning the races. I think people are getting fatigued at you killing everybody. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, well, it's like 10 minute difference. And then it's down here. Like, I think that they want healthy competition, not necessarily a different champion. Okay. There, is what I would say. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun racing Chris the next day in the 50s. She, like her she brought I. it yeah she had I think honestly too it was like interesting to see her racing really on her game and see her potential because she's done so many hundred miles this year <laughs> and she'd be like coming and doing races the weekend after a hundred mile or like I know she says she feels good but there's no way that she's rested and this was the first race in maybe all season that think all year her come into yeah when she had actually like had a break and was well rested and it was like insane to see the difference in her performance level so i don't even sorry chris if you're listening <laughs> like i don't even know if she reflected on that but um but it was like fun to race with her and to see myself too because it was late stages because we've we've seen yeah. her like press out in the beginning and but maybe like halfway through there's some sort of separation but it was like what the last yeah 3k or so she was still like around three or four k yeah I, I love that she like wants to do it all and that she's going for it. But part like for me, I'm just like, Chris, next year, can you just focus on like training like a professional athlete? <laughs> like focusing on this one thing so you can come in rested and like show us how much you are capable of kicking everybody's butt bike. It's like <laughs> we haven't I don't think we've seen that from her yet. And like OCRWC no. was like a good example. I agree. And yeah. I thought the same thing about that. Cause it just so happened that she didn't have a hundred miler. So she, she couldn't have gone out and smashed herself. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, if she isn't doing these things that she enjoys, like she might not be doing as well in any of them. Yeah. You yeah. Know, exactly. She's training I mean, like, specifically for things. I just don't think she yeah. wants to do that. No. And I always say like, you perform like you are your fittest when you're motivated. Mm -hmm. um and motivated in your training and your other like what you're racing for and stuff like some of my best years were when i i guess discovered sky running and i was like feeling a little flat and ocr and like struggling to find motivation and and then like i realized there was this whole other world of competition out there um and like that motivated me so much in my training and all of a sudden i saw like my fitness just like hit new levels this was back in 2018 or something like it was a while ago now but um Hmm. Yeah. So, so like I, yeah, motivation has a lot to do with fitness. I think. That, that was something right. I was, I was wondering about a little bit on your end because there was a time like you hadn't always been as dominant as you had been for, for like, what was like the past two or three years or something like that without COVID in there. Like there was times where it seemed like you were, you could be the best and then mm -hmm. it shifted where it's like, okay, you are the best. And, and from a, from a mindset perspective, was there a time where you decided that like, did it go from that, from your mindset? Like, Oh, I think I could be the best at this versus like, I'm going to be the best at this. Or was it more of just like a natural progression when you were following your motivation? I think it honestly was just like where the competition was at at the time, because we had some really good years of like the female field out there when we still had Faye racing when she was on her game. And Nicole was like at, 
some of her, I guess, like fittest and healthiest like performances that we'd seen from her. And we had Rebecca Hammond. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like we, and then after, so basically like when I first started, it was like, I'd, I'd always been like training and aiming to, I guess, be the best or like be my best. When, um, right. To be your best. Yeah. <laughs> to be my best. Yeah. Um, and then it just got harder for a few years there to like win the races um, because like all this new like high level of competition stepped in. And then um, just before COVID, like Nicole was injured first race of the season. Um, so she was out, I guess for the past like two seasons, she hasn't raced. And then mm-hmm. Rebecca went off to med school. Faye kind of like stepped away from the sport. Um, who else was there? Was like, I'm definitely missing some. It was like Alyssa, Raya. Yeah. 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 Raya. And then Raya started focusing on more like adventure type things. So, yeah. So I think, and then there was just COVID happened. And then last year, um, I guess we saw Nicole or sorry, we saw Annie and Emma come into it, but Mm -hmm. they were still like, I guess, gaining momentum. Whereas like I had been racing for years and like, you know, I've had it pretty dialed in and they were, they were like still on a pretty steep learning curve. So mm-hmm. I think this year we're starting to see like more from them and it's getting tough again. But I think really like, I don't know if it comes down to me being like, now I'm going to try and win things. I think it just was a matter of like the ebb and flows and, and competition in the female field. So. And, and, and that makes sense, right? Like that from, yeah. if you look at it, I think that's a very practical way to look at it. Um, but also when I look at it, just in general, when there is people who are at the the top of any sport um, and in our sport, it could be uh, athletes like Ryan, even like a hunter, like Hopi when he was there, even like Zuzana, I, I would put kind of Lauren Weeks mm-hmm. into this category. She's starting to yeah. be someone like when she shows up, like she's going to be like really, really hard to beat. But oh, yeah. there, there seems to be something else something else that at play here, because like we talked about the, the actual like uh, physiological changes and benefits that you get, get so small at the top and then you're not, mm-hmm. no one's gonna be that much more fit than anybody else, but we still kind of get the same winners. Mm-hmm. And so like, what do you think that is from like the competition standpoint, like that someone like Ryan brings or that you bring that leads to the results being similar at the top, even though the, the competition you're not that much different then. Okay. I think I understand your question. So like, I'm going to give my answer and then tell me if I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I think there's definitely like an element of genetics that come into play, but then also the fact that like I've been enrolled in competitive sports since like a very young age. So like the building of that engine as you're growing up and stuff. And then I think, um, yeah, just like, many years of training as a professional athlete like every year it just kind of like your engine gets a little bit stronger and able to handle a bit more and you eliminate some weaknesses and you um test your boundaries um does that does that answer make sense for your question (laughs) no i think i was i'm I'm trying to ask a little bit more about the mentality around like being a champion like okay you know because because like a lot of people are competitive Right. Yeah. And a, a lot of us are, are able to kind of have a big engine and, and get yeah. there, but it's still, it's hard to be the best. There's only one that's the best. Everybody's trying mm-hmm. to be there, but really, and then the consistency of the people who are the best, it seems it's not like this random, like up and down of who is always winning. It seems to be like the top, like the one or two people who are going mm-hmm. there thinking that they can win end up winning. <laughs> You know, like, is there anything you think about that from your perspective that separates you from maybe the competition from like a mentality standpoint? Um, I mean, I think like we talked about with Chris, like training in ways that motivate me because Hmm. it's like, as soon as I found OCR to become like a bit motivationally stagnant for me, I like found sky running and that was like my new source of motivation which basically I like started training for that and then just like incorporating some strength training too and then Ryan like is really motivated by like more recently it's been bike racing and stuff mm-hmm. and then when the running season hits he just like tries to translate that into run fitness and 
I think also we started working with a sports psychologist, um, was it four years ago now? And that was like hugely beneficial for, especially times when you're lacking motivation Hmm. because motivation does ebb and flow and like Hmm. having, I guess somebody you can talk to, um, it's going to kind of walk you through some exercises and dig deep to like find a source of motivation when you need it. it is, um, it's like we train our bodies so hard, but like the mind's the other half of it. So it really is like 50, 50. So what do you think now with the motivation side of things like the three K eh, like where, what do you like? Yeah. And I know it just happened, but like this season was this, it seemed like you were, you were overtly sending signals to be like, I'm probably not going to be here much longer <laughs> right mm-hmm. uh, yeah so is this just kind of now and like being now that now that spartan race isn't even close to running in the mountains and having fun going up yeah. and down i do, do like i mean obviously i've done some spartan cross races at spartan games and it is like a really fun format um and you would do I, well i mean like if you decided to do di- the whole yeah, series like you would do well different um it does suit a bit different style of athlete like Corinna Coffin and I when we raced oh right um like she was very close to beating me in the first one um we were like seconds apart so um so I feel like yeah it might it might suit a bit different kind of style of like really powerful running athlete who's able to execute obstacles really quickly and uh yeah like I think for me, I was never, even if it was another mountain series or like the national series as we've known it next year, I was never planning and like competing in the whole series next year, which is why I took the part-time job so that I could like, um, yeah, I think I'm just like ready for that, I guess, transition in my life to like not have professional athletics be my Mm full-time gig anymore. Like I still, I still want to do it. I still want to compete. Um, but I want to be able to like pick and choose my races and not have like a series kind of dictated at me and be like, here's the races you're going to do. I would much rather be like, okay, now I'm going to do this local bike race and I'm going to do this Spartan 3k and then I'm going to go to Europe to do this sky running race and like, sounds way yeah, more fun. Just, yeah. Not have like the pressure to do, to feel like I have to do a whole series, um, which is why I took the part-time job and not like why i mean i really enjoy the job i am i'm like i'm loving it um otherwise i wouldn't have taken it (laughs) but but yeah so like finding out that it was a 3k series um just like didn't affect me personally that much i if anything it made it easier for me because it would have if it was like a mountain series next year or something it would have been hard for me not do the whole thing versus it being a 3k series i'm like oh it'll be fun to do like one or two of them that are easy to get to Mm -hmm. um but like i have yeah it just like i have no desire to do a whole series of what i think will be very similar races (laughs) in just different places imagine going and doing one one k and like you fall over or something (laughs) and like you got on a plane to do a seven minute race don't qualify oh my gosh I don't know how people who run like hundred meters do it, honestly, because the races that I get the most nervous for are the short ones. Cause you can't screw up. There's no time to um, talk about mentality. too. you just have to go and just in a hundred meters, just be like, no one can even come close to beating me. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to be so dialed up. The mental game and like hundred meter athletes must just be next level. Like you'd really have to come in with you confidence to, and you have to think you are awesome <laughs> yeah all the time yeah oh my gosh but i've heard like stories of people like you know throwing up like backstage behind the track before mm. they walk out there and like i totally understand why because man i get so nervous sometimes for like three hour races i can't <laughs> if i was like running for my country and you know at the olympics at like 100 meter oh my god couldn't handle it <laughs> thank well, the lord i'm fun. not a sprinter yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you can go do some longer races next year. Whatever you want to do, maybe some three Ks. We'll see you around, but we'll see you at, uh, in Abu Dhabi. Is that what you got next? Yeah, that's what I have next. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Oh, that'll be here September third. I know. It's like, I know. I was like, oh, I'll take a nice long break, and then I was like, wait a second, I don't have time to take that long of a break. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Um, because Ida, Ida was the 
Euro champion as well, I believe. Do you know if Emma's going? Um, she's unsure. Like last we heard, she was like, oh, I'm not sure it'll work out this year. Knowing her, she'll find a way. But if she's Or hurt. she'll just go and have fun. But um, right. yeah, but like, I don't know if she's still hurting. She won't like have much. She won't be able to put much training into it, which sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I think for her, it's a matter of like, does she want to miss work? Cause she does work full time as a firefighter and like fly around half the world. Um, so will we'll you guys go early? Decides. Will you guys go early again? That seemed to be the move last year, getting there pretty early. Yeah. I think we could have done like, well, we could have done a few less days of early. So I think mm. this year we're going like a day or two later, but we're still going to go a bit early. Um, but I think it's important just to like shake off the jet lag and the plane legs and that sort of thing, which is, I've been doing that all year going to like races in Europe. Like I usually fly on Mm. Monday, arrive Tuesday and then like Tuesday you have an awful half hour run. You feel terrible. And then Wednesday you have like time for one good kind of last run. Thursday's like a rest day, Friday's a shakeout and then you race. So it goes by fast. Yeah. Well, cool. Can't wait to see you out there. It's been fun watching you this season and the whole Thanks. career and everything. I appreciate you taking the time. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll be following you wherever you end up. Okay, cool. Thanks for having me on. For sure. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> this was fun. Bye.